Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Monday, September 5th. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures and for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ki Tetzi, and it means, When You Go Out. Deuteronomy 22, 1-15 If you see your neighbor's ox or sheep or goat wandering away, don't ignore your responsibility. Take it back to its owner. If its owner does not live nearby or you don't know who the owner is, take it to your place and keep it until the owner comes looking for it. Then you must return it. Do the same if you find your neighbor's donkey, clothing, or anything else your neighbor loses. Don't ignore your responsibility. If you see that your neighbor's donkey or ox has collapsed on the road, do not look the other way. Go and help your neighbor get it back on its feet. A woman must not put on men's clothing, and a man must not wear women's clothing. Anyone who does this is detestable in the sight of the Lord your God. If you happen to find a bird's nest in a tree or on the ground, and there are young ones or eggs in it with the mother sitting in the nest, do not take the mother with the young. You may take the young, but let the mother go, so that you may prosper and enjoy a long life. 
When you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof. That way, you will not be considered guilty of murder if someone falls from the roof. You must not plant any other crop between the rows of your vineyard. If you do, you are forbidden to use either the grapes from the vineyard or the other crop. You must not plow with an ox and a donkey harnessed together. You must not wear clothing made of wool and linen woven together. You must not put four tassels on the hem of the cloak with which you cover yourself, on the front, back, and sides. Suppose a man marries a woman, but after sleeping with her he turns against her, and publicly accuses her of shameful conduct, saying, When I married this woman I discovered she was not a virgin. Then the woman's father and mother must bring the proof of her virginity to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. Ecclesiastes 10, 1-12-14 As dead flies cause even a bottle of perfume to stink, so a little foolishness spoils great wisdom and honor. A wise person chooses the right road. A fool takes the wrong one. You can identify fools just by the way they walk down the street. If your boss is angry at you, don't quit. A quiet spirit can overcome even great mistakes. There is another evil I have seen under the sun. Kings and rulers make a grave mistake when they give great authority to foolish people and low positions to people of proven worth. I have even seen servants riding horseback like princes and princes walking like servants. When you dig a well, you might fall in. When you demolish an old wall, you could be bitten by a snake. When you work in a quarry, stones might fall and crush you. When you chop wood, there is danger with each stroke of your axe. Using a dull axe requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. If a snake bites before you charm it, what's the use of being a snake charmer? Wise words bring approval, but fools are destroyed by their own words. Fools base their thoughts on foolish assumptions, so their conclusions will be wicked madness. They chatter on and on. No one really knows what is going to happen. No one can predict the future. Fools are so exhausted by a little work that they can't even find their way home. What sorrow for the land ruled by a servant, the land whose leaders feast in the morning. Happy is the land whose king is a noble leader and whose leaders feast at the proper time to gain strength for their work, not to get drunk. Laziness leads to a sagging roof. Idleness leads to a leaky house. A party gives laughter, wine gives happiness, and money gives everything. Never make light of the king, even in your thoughts, and don't make fun of the powerful, even in your own bedroom, for a little bird might deliver your message and tell them what you said. Send your grain across the seas, and in time profits will flow back to you.
but divide your investments among many places, for you you do not know what risks might lie ahead. When clouds are heavy, the rains come down. Whether a tree falls north or south, it stays where it falls. Farmers who wait for perfect weather never plant. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. Just as you cannot understand the path of the wind or the mystery of a tiny baby growing in its mother's womb, so you cannot understand the activity of God who does all things. Plant your seed in the morning and keep busy all afternoon, for you don't know if profit will come from one activity or another, or maybe both. Light is sweet. How pleasant to see a new day dawning. When people live to be very old, let them rejoice in every day of life, but let them also remember there will be many dark days. Everything still to come is meaningless. Young people, it's wonderful to be young. Enjoy every minute of it. Do everything you want to do. Take it all in, but remember that you must give an account to God for everything you do. So refuse to worry and keep your body healthy, but remember that youth with the whole life before you is meaningless. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant any more. Remember Him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your old eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. Remember Him before your legs, the guards of your house, start to tremble, and before your shoulders, the strong men, stoop. Remember Him before your teeth, your few remaining servants, stop grinding. And before your eyes, the women looking through the windows, see dimly. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but then all their sounds will grow faint. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom, and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper, and the caperberry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Yes, remember your Creator now, while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well, for then the dust will return to the earth and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher, completely meaningless. Keep this in mind. The teacher was considered wise, and he taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs, studying and classifying them. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truths clearly. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful but helpful. Their collected sayings are like a nail-studded stick with which a shepherd drives the sheep. But, my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful, for writing books is endless and much study wears you out. That's the whole story. 
Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Second Corinthians 8, 1-15 Now I, Paul, want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in His kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many waters, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us, just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I wanted you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I am not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Yeshua HaMashiach, though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin by doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly, and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now, you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later, they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. As the scriptures say, Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Psalm 49, 1-20 Listen to this, all you people. Pay attention, everyone in the world, high and low, rich and poor. Listen, for my words are wise, and my thoughts are filled with insight. I listen carefully to many proverbs and solve riddles with inspiration from a harp. Why should I fear when trouble comes, when enemies surround me? They trust in their wealth and boast of great riches, yet they cannot redeem themselves from death by paying a ransom to God. Redemption does not come so easily, for no one can ever pay enough to live forever and never see the grave. Those who are wise must finally die, just like the foolish and senseless, leaving all their wealth behind. The grave is their eternal home, where they will stay forever. They may name their estates after themselves, but their fame will not last. They will die just like animals. 
This is the fate of fools, though they are remembered as being wise. Like sheep, they are led to the grave, where death will be their shepherd. In the morning the godly will rule over them. Their bodies will rot in the grave, far from their grand estates. But as for me, God will redeem my life. He will snatch me from the power of the grave. So don't be dismayed when the wicked grow rich and their homes become ever more splendid. For when they die, they take nothing with them. Their wealth will not follow them into the grave. In this life they consider themselves fortunate and are applauded for their success. But they will die like all before them and never again see the light of day. People who boast of their wealth don't understand. They will die just like animals. Proverbs 22, 20 and 21 I have written thirty sayings for you filled with advice and knowledge. In this way you may know the truth and take an accurate report to those who sent you. I'd like to speak to you today from our reading from Ecclesiastes chapters 10 through 12. And in this book, we have heard the phrase over and over and over again from Solomon. Everything is a meaningless chasing after the wind. And I have seen a grievous ill under the sun. I have seen a great evil under the sun. And so as he searches to find out what is the key to joy, to contentment, to fulfillment. Um, He looks at all different possible venues and avenues. He looks at, well, if I build many great things and involve myself in great works, will that give me joy, contentment, and, and fulfillment? Or wine and women and song and entertainment and traveling and all these things. And the great conclusion that he comes to is, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old. Remember Him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets. Remember Him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. His final conclusion comes in verse 6 of chapter... 12. Remember your Creator now, while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well, for then the dust will return to the earth and the Spirit will return to God who gave it. And he continues on in the next chapter, or no, in the same chapter, verse 13. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey His commands, for this is everyone's duty. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. So his conclusion is fear God. Obey His commands. Remember your Creator in your life. And in some ways I've been conducting a little bit of an experiment that fits along with what Solomon speaks about here in this book of Ecclesiastes. And 
I've been asking a question of different customers who go through my checkout line. Um, I'm a checker at Safeway part-time, and I've been asking customers, so have you been enjoying your summer? And I get a wide range of answers that kind of uh, reveals where people are in their journey in life. And some people will say, oh, I've been doing a lot of yard work. And so it sounds like they're just kind of entrenched in yard work. And others will say, oh, yeah, I've been on three camping trips and I went here and I went there and we had a great time. And so those are folks that have been enjoying, truly enjoying the summer. Or others might say, oh, I went to a wedding. I had a family reunion. And again, that there's a sense of connection and relationship. And so there's a, a sense of joy and fulfillment in enjoying the summer. And a couple people have shared, well, my spouse died just two months ago, and I'm still grieving and mourning. Or my spouse died six months ago, and I'm still grieving and mourning. And so they'll actually share that with me. But to avoid all this meaningless chasing after the wind, sometimes we have to stop and pause and take a look and assess, how am I spending my time? Am I so buried in work that I'm not ever enjoying life, enjoying the beauty of creation around me, enjoying my loved ones, my family members, spending time with those that I love? Am I um, enjoying my life today and living in the present moment? Or am I so buried in work, in dealing with, uh, you know, a computer screen or uh, some kind of an office job or whatever it might be, that I'm not enjoying my downtime, my free time? How am I spending my time? And am I spending time with the Master? Am I spending time with Yeshua and allowing Him to speak? to my heart and minister to me and encourage me and guide me? Am I allowing him to be speaking to my heart? That's what we need to look at and assess. We want to make Yeshua number one in our life. And so I encourage you to do that assessment. Let's not get caught up in the empty chasing after the wind that Solomon speaks about in his book of wisdom, Ecclesiastes. We don't want to be chasing after wind. We don't want to be like a dog chasing its own tail, going in circles. We want to take time for the important things in life, the greater eternal things in life, and that is to have a true, genuine intimate relationship with Yeshua, with our Creator, with our Master, with our Beloved, with our Husband. Make that time and make it count. Have a blessed day. We'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) 
Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs> 